Why does God tell us to pray, deliver us from evil, deliver us from the evil one, from evil ones? He tells us that because we are in a war. Uh, We are in a spiritual war, a war we've been a part of really since the beginning, but now uh, one that puts us in the sight of the enemy uh, because we're no longer on the side of the enemy. We've been pulled out of darkness placed in the kingdom of the Son. We're in the middle of a war, not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. It's what we often call spiritual warfare. uh, And we are soldiers in that war, enlisted, soldiered by our God. And now we're trying to figure out how do we fight in that war? How do we fight in a war that's bigger than just, oh, there's a big spiritual war with me to, to... I'm just really struggling. How do we recognize that we're in the midst of a spiritual war against demonic forces, both inside, around, uh, wherever we are? Uh, That's the, the, the part of God's deliverance from evil that we're looking at lately is how is God preparing us to fight and how is God equipping us to fight and to fight well? And so that's what we're looking at now as we look through the Lord's Prayer and we see God tell us to pray to be delivered from evil. We're saying, how is God doing that in us now? We've seen how God has always done that. We see how God has done that in the cross. But how does God continue to deliver us from evil as he holifies us, as he strengthens us, as he equips us for battle against spiritual forces? So let's stand in the honor of reading God's word and we'll read this Lord's Prayer again. Uh, we'll focus on that last prayer and then we'll continue to dig into all that the Bible says Uh, so that as we pray that last part, we know exactly what we're asking the Lord for. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. Okay, so we've seen in the, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that, that as soldiers, uh, our desire, so last time, our desire, our precious love is to please the Lord. We live to please Him. We love to please Him. We fight. When we're fighting, you want to fight well. We fight to please the Lord, laying down our lives. We saw last week is just a, the service that we've been called to. That's the assignment that He's given us as soldiers. Soldiers don't choose their assignments. They just obey. And they do it happily and heartily, not just unto the Lord, but as we've seen in fighting well, doing it happily and heartily because it is for the Lord, because it is to the Lord. And and we fulfill that assignment with joy. So if we're going to fight well, we've got to remember those things. But how do we do that? How do we please the Lord? We know that's our desire. It's our precious love. We, We want to please him, but how do we do that? We, we, we know that we already are pleasing to the Lord because of Christ. But then the Bible also tells us that our desire is to please him. So here's our question for today in in trying to fight right. What does a soldier do who does desire to please the Lord? Where that is their precious love. If it's our precious love, what will we be doing? How, how How do I enact that love that is so precious to me? If we want to please the Lord, what sorts of things does a pleasing soldier then strive to do? Because to, to, to do that, it w- would be the fulfilling of that desire of pleasing the Lord. But, but in order to do that, we have to know what pleases the Lord. We have to know what it is that we should be doing. Okay, I want to please the Lord, but what pleases him? 
And some of us have been guilty of just assuming that we're whatever we're doing is pleasing to the Lord. Well, how do you know that it's pleasing? How do we know that what we're doing is pleasing? The way, the way any soldier does, uh, we look at our orders. And so what we're going to do is what are some of the things that God has, says, has said are pleasing to him What sort of marching orders do we know of right off the bat? You don't have to get some sort of special soldierly uh, direction from the Lord. What has our general already told us? What has our king already given us in terms of orders? Uh, And we'll start off with another thing that we don't do. Okay, we're going to start off with another thing we're not going to do if our desire is to be pleasing the Lord. We, we saw a couple of weeks ago, if, if, if you're, you're wanting to please the Lord, we, so because we want to please the Lord, we don't let ourselves get braided up. We don't let ourselves get entangled in the normal things of life, the, the doings of life. Uh, ESV translated civilian affairs, just that idea of the things that don't have to do with soldiering. We, we make sure we don't get entangled in those things. But there's another thing that we don't do that we'll look at uh, today. Another thing that we're not going to do, if your desire, if your precious love is to please the Lord, what will you not be doing? You will not be trying to please man. You will not be a man pleaser. Uh, Some people translate it people pleaser, but I think man pleaser sounds worse. Uh, You will not be a man pleaser. Uh, that's what you will not, if our aim, if our precious love, if, if, if our driving desire is truly to please the one who made us soldiers, if we, if we want to please God, we are not going to be trying to please man because you cannot serve God and anyone else. And you certainly can't serve God and everyone else. You want to see this? Turn to Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. We're going to see if we want to please the Lord, uh, then we will not be striving to please man. Galatians 1, 10. Four, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So, so if, if you and I are truly serving Christ, like, like we saw last week in, in Romans 12, if we're doing that, if we're truly trying to serve Christ, if we're doing our reasonable service, if we're Christ's slaves, if we're his soldiers, then we serve him. Why? Because we want to please him. Who we're not worried about pleasing is other people. Who we're not, what doesn't drive us, what isn't our assignment, what isn't our goal, what isn't our calling from our king is to please other people. In fact, if you're pleasing other people, you're not probably not pleasing the king. As soldiers, we're worried about pleasing the one who made us soldiers. A soldier is, however, not worried about pleasing men. Pleasing them is not our goal. It is not, that is not our aim. That is not our precious love to please people. That's not what we're seeking after. And here we see Paul tells us in Galatians that we must be on guard against that because that's what we were originally doing. This is why it's such a danger. Because what does he say? Paul says, am I still trying to please man? What's the, see, if we're not careful, the implication of that is that's what we used to do. That's what life is before we become servants of Christ. And if we're not careful, pleasing man 
is our default. Pleasing others is what we naturally do. This is why so many things in life, you can look back at and say, why do people do that? And you go, oh, they were just wanting to try and find a community. People seeking a community and seeking people to be around, uh, people on the outskirts will do anything to find a community. And I mean anything. And our world is testament to that. To people who are on the outsides of society, who aren't the cool kids, who aren't whatever, they are willing to do anything to be accepted by anyone. And if we're not careful, our natural default is to please man. Being people pleasers used to be our go-to. But Paul says, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that still. And that's important for us to understand that people pleasing is is a natural part of the fallen heart. But understanding that it's that natural part of our fallen heart is, is important for us. It's important for us to understand that because that will help us understand what the world is going to want from us. The world is a bunch of people pleasers. And so the world, when they hear the church, will want us to be like them. They will want church. They will want the worship of God. They will want Christ's people to be people pleasers because they all are. They won't understand why we won't just be people pleasers like they are. And when we stand so contrary to that, when it is so clear that we are not driven by what the rest of the world is driven by, it will frustrate them. When, when, when we won't slap on our, just slap on the coexist bumper sticker already. Just do it. Just make it where we all get along and everybody's happy with everybody. I don't want to. In fact, I will tear your bumper sticker off. No, don't do that. Cause that's like, I think that's against the law. Um, you know, anyway, but that's what they will. That's the reason that they want the church to be people. Not because they think the world's hateful. I can't believe you. I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe you think this about people. The reason they don't want that is because they're driven by this people pleasing and they don't get how we're not. They don't understand how we are not doing. And this is why, again, it's so important for us to not do that thing. So they will say, why is it that you don't just seek to please everybody else? Why can't you just be like everybody else? The church will not want us to be soldiers. They'll want us to be people pleasers. They don't, they don't, the church, the, the, the world doesn't, the world doesn't like crusaders. The world wants casual Christians. That's what they want. You start talking about crusading and fighting for, I mean, I've just posted like just notes from the sermon about Christians as soldiers and, and people are like, I can't believe you didn't learn anything from the crusades. And I was like, well, it's clear you don't know anything about the Crusades to begin with other than what you were probably taught in one year of class in your high school somewhere. Uh, and don't type that. I don't type that. I just think that. Uh, I don't answer the fool according to their folly in that case. But in my head, I'm answering the fire out of him. But the world, the world doesn't want Crusaders. They just want casual Christians. They don't want, they don't want warriors, right? The world doesn't want us to be warriors. The world wants us to be winsome. And you can, you can hear it in today's rhetoric. They, the world wants a milk toast church. They want a church that has no prophetic voice. That says nothing to the world. That just sits back and is quiet and just lives their life. They, they, the, the world loves a pietistic church. And many churches have fallen back into that natural people-pleasing approach. Because, and, and, and again, it, it's not crazy to do that. 
Because it will get you, folks. People-pleasing works. Why? Because people-pleasing is what the world's doing. So if you want a church that gets folks, be a church that is seeking to please people, you will get the people because that's what they're all trying to do. They're just looking for a crowd to fit into. And if you just say, hey, we're a crowd you can fit in with, they'll go, okay. And this one doesn't ask me to do weird things or at least not weird things that I know about yet. So, so yeah, I'll join, up, I'll join up with that group. But, but, but people-pleasing is not what a good soldier is worried about. In fact, it's what a good soldier is worried about making sure that he is not doing. The only, the only time the good soldier worries about people-pleasing is double-checking his actions to make sure that's not why he did them. So the church does worry about people-pleasing. The church just worries about making sure they're not people-pleasing. The church is making sure that that's not what drives, that they're not trying to please man, that they're not a man-pleasing church. To fight well, Christians, we must not be man-pleasers. Now, as an aside, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to not be pleasant to be around, right? That's what you don't, it does not mean that the fewer people who like us, the godlier we are, right? Like, no one likes me because I'm not a man pleaser. No no one likes you because you're a jerk. That's why no one likes you. I mean, what, what is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7? Because again, we can't just be jerks and say, well, not a man pleaser. So what does Proverbs 16, 7 says? When a man's ways please the Lord, there's that, you want to please the Lord? Well, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. All right? You want to know what, if, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at some, some Christians have taken the call to not be people pleasers as their spiritual gift. And have become, they've just, we've just become just plain not pleasant people. They don't, they don't please people. And, and the truth is they couldn't if they wanted to. Because no one wants to be around them. There's no people around them to please anymore. Because they're so not enjoyable to be around. They're so unpleasant that there's no people to even please in their lives anymore. What we mean by saying we're not man-pleasers is that pleasing man is not our goal. It does not mean that we are not pleasant people, but pleasing man is not our goal. Pleasing the Lord is. And we're pleasant because pleasant people are pleasing to the Lord. But we are not people-pleasers. We are not driven to be man-pleasers. And why does a soldier make sure that he's not a man-pleaser? Why does a soldier do that? Why is it so important for a soldier? Because we get to that soldier that says, I'm a soldier for Christ. I'm serving him. If I'm serving Christ, if I'm, if I'm soldiering for him, then I'm not seeking to please man. So why am I not seeking to please man? Well, Paul actually gives us a little bit more insight in this in 1 Thessalonians. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The reason we don't strive to please man, one, because that's who we used to be, and we don't want to be who we used to be anymore. That's part of it. We understand we can't serve God and and anyone else, much less God and everyone else. But the other reason, the positive side of the reason, the positive reason we do it, is because we don't please man because we've been given a special mission. We've been given a special mission. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. 
So we are not man-pleasers. One of the reasons we're not man-pleasers is because we've been entrusted with the gospel. That's our mission. That's the, our, the mission that the Lord has given us is not, hey, here's your job, soldier. Go be pleasing to everybody else. The mission God has given us is, here, soldier, here is the gospel. And think of it as that special mission. We are like, we're like SEAL Team 6 here. Like, this is what the Lord has given us. He has given us the gospel. This is the means by which he will overcome the world. This is what he uses to bring his glory from coast to coast, to fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. This is what he is going to use. This is our sword that we have. So we are not people pleasers because we've been entrusted with the gospel. And our job, Paul says, is to speak the gospel, not in a way that people like, so that I speak not to please man. So I don't, I'm not going, well, how can I talk? How does the world want me to talk? What does the world want me to say? You know, hey, Jerry, go run some polling data on that and see how long the sermons are that they like. See what tone they enjoy. See what topics are the most popular. Hit up Amazon and see what their highest selling books are and self-help. We are not, we don't speak with a desire to please man. And that's not just true of pastors. That's true of all of us. We've all been entrusted with the gospel. And when we speak, the things we say, we're not always filtered. And this is, we're not always, oh man, this is so true. The Bible says this. And then you go to say that and you filter it through. But what will the world think if I say that? If I say that or if I type that. Now, listen, I'm not talking about being the guy who's just like, let me say the most incendiary thing possible and throw it onto the internet just to, just to see who it explodes. But what I'm saying is if you, if you know what the gospel says about a situation, you know what the gospel says about gay mirage, and you know what the gospel says about, uh, you know, transgenderism, you know what the gospel says about all these things, and you're just going, but I can't say that because if I say that, the world will... What you're doing is you're filtering the mission that God has given you. He's giving you the mission of the gospel. And the gospel is what speaks to those things. The gospel is what answers those things. He's giving you the mission of the gospel. And you as a soldier of Christ, instead of doing the gospel, you have said, he has given me, he has entrusted me with the gospel, but I will only speak it in a way that pleases man. And that's not what Paul says. Paul says, I've been given it so to speak, not to please man, but to please God. Who tests our hearts. We're to, we're to speak the gospel in a way that God likes, not a way that the world likes. In a way that God likes. Now again, the, the way that God likes is not, you don't just find what the world hates and speak it that way. It's not, I don't speak the gospel in a way to please man, I speak the gospel in a way that man hates. That's not the job. Your, job. your job is not to just find the most antithetical thing that the world wants to hear. So the world likes it this way, so you just go the exact opposite. That's not what drives you either. You're not anti-world here. What you are is you are pro-God. You're seeking what God wants you to say, and you just say it his way. So your measuring rod is not the world, either good or bad. Your measuring rod is not, what does the world want me to say? I will say that. And your measuring rod is not, what does the world not want me to say? I will say that. Your measuring rod is, what does God want me to speak? In the gospel. And that is what I will speak and how I will speak it. I am a soldier of him. I'm not just a soldier against the world. I'm a soldier for Christ. And that's what guides me. 
And what gets us in trouble sometimes is we forget that we're soldiers for Christ and we just think we're soldiers anti the world. And then we can get into all sorts of things and be all sorts of, like I said, unreasonable and unpleasant people. But your job is to speak the gospel that he's entrusted with you in a way that pleases him. That's what we're to do. And again, we are these special forces approved by him to do this special mission, the mission of spreading the gospel of his kingdom to the ends of the world and to enflesh that kingdom in our homes, to sprout the shoots and the branches of that growing mustard seed in our communities and in our nation. That's our mission. So there's a gravity to that mission. There's a gravity. I mean, God has entrusted you and that's what we've got to see. He's entrusted us with the gospel. It'd be like, the general's got the whole army there and he says, hey, you, private so-and-so, come up here. I'm going to entrust you with this. If we were entrusted with something from our commander, from our king, we would do everything around that special mission. We've been entrusted with the gospel. And so then all of our life, if we want to fight in a way that pleases him, there's going to be to fight in a way that treats the gospel the way it's meant to be treated. Everything I do, everything I say revolves around the mission that I've been given of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If our mission was please as many people as possible, well then, of course, we would do everything different. But God actually warns us about losing our mission. And, and picking back up that old one, that there is a threat, there's a temptation to the soldiers of God in the kingdom of Christ to lose their focus and to lose their mission specifically by trying to please man rather than fixing their eyes on the one who enlisted us and the mission that he gave us. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we are heartless toward other people. It just means that their satisfaction is not our driving motivation. If you don't think this is, that, that this threat of man-pleasing is a problem, I dare say you haven't been on Amazon lately and pay, or paid much attention to the modern church growth movement who basically tells churches, you want to get big, this is how you do it. And they ain't wrong. It's basically taught the church that if you're driving, if you want to succeed, find out what pleases man. Find out what type of preaching they like, what type of music they like, what type of ministries, services they want how hot the coffee needs to be to win as many people. So we, we've got the church that's supposed to be the barracks of the troops, right? It's supposed to be a place where we have, we're in, given more and deeper understanding of the gospel so we can go out and do our mission in our homes and in our communities and on our jobs. We can, we've been soldiered up, we're ready. Our, our swords have been sharpened and whetted on, on Sundays. It's Lord's Day that we rest and get re-equipped. We go out and we're, we're faithful to him. But instead of being a, the church being a barracks of the, of the people of God, a place of rest from the war, we've made it a place of people pleasing. Which is probably why it's not shocking that the church, instead of being a place of rest among soldiers, has become a war amongst God's people. Because you've made it a place where people who are not the soldiers of God feel very comfortable coming uh, and you, call, you tell them that they're people of God just as much as everyone else instead of holding them their feet to the fire of the Gospels. Uh, and since you've made the church a people-pleasing place, guess what the church is filled with? People who are pleased. And it's not filled with soldiers because you, you have taken out the Gospel in order to get people in. And so what you've filled the church with is people who are not, who are not driven by a desire to please the Lord 
who don't find that a precious love to them, who find their precious loves their precious loves, and they got bumper stickers to prove it. So have all, they love all their loves, and instead of loving the Lord and the church, this is why you have this, this amalgamation of people that call themselves a church, and there's no, there's no peace in amongst it, because what you have is you have two factions that really should be at war with one another, and they both know it, but they're both pretending like they're not going to fight. And what they all end up doing is fighting a shadow war against one another, and you've got this group of people and that group of people and this class and that class, and they're all calling each other on the telephone. After blah, 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 blah. Why? Because none of them want to please the Lord. Because none of them are here because they want to please the Lord. They're filling churches because they find it pleasant experiences. Because those churches decided to please man rather than please the Lord. Why does the modern church service look more like a concert or a movie theater experience? Because why? Because we've got a generation of churches that want to be man pleasers. But that will not be, it cannot be what drives us here. And if we want to fight well, if you want to fight well against spiritual temptation, it cannot be what drives your life. If you want to be a good soldier, it can't be what motivates you. I want to please man. I want to please people in my life. You will have people who will be very unpleased by the things that you say and the way that you live. And if your desire is to be a people pleaser, then the first time that someone says, huh, that's kind of weird. You'll go, is it? Is that weird? And you'll, you'll start to shift a little bit toward them. Now, you won't just give it up, right? You won't just give it up. But you'll be drawn to please them. It, because, not because you see it in Scripture that that's what you should do, but because they said that's weird or that's different. And you go, well, I, I don't want to not be pleasing to people. So we cannot, if you want to fight well, you, you want to be a good soldier, you cannot be motivated by pleasing man. Now, how do I know if I'm pleasing man or pleasing God? How do I know if that's what I want to do? Because those are the sorts of questions that will drive us nuts, right? Where every single decision we look at and go, why am I doing this? Am I making this choice because I want to please man? Or am I making this choice because I want to please God? And so every decision we're kind of weighing and saying, I feel like I want to choose, serve God, but maybe I really want to serve man. Maybe I'm being a people pleaser. I don't even know it. Why am I doing this? What's going on? I think a helpful verse is found in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. How do you know if you're truly wanting to please man? Or, I mean, if you're truly wanting to please God or you're really just wanting to please man? Ephesians 6, down in verse 5. Read five and six. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, as man pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Now, now this is it's interesting because you've got a set of instructions here of how slaves are supposed to relate to their master. Now, again, don't, don't read this in like sort of the the light of like chattel slavery of America and, and all that, which is how we now just sort of by default read, read all slavery. That, that's, that's not my point. Uh, if you want to talk about that, we could do a deep dive after church in there because people wouldn't be pleased. What is interesting for us is that he tells us slaves are to serve their masters. How? Like they serve Christ. So they serve their masters like they serve Christ. And how do they serve Christ? He says, not as people pleasers who just give eye service, but as those who do God's will from their hearts. Now, Paul mentioned, if you remember earlier in, in 1 Thessalonians 2, when he says that God tests our hearts, here we see again that those who are, who are, who are wanting to be man pleasers, want to be God pleasers, will do it from their heart, while those who don't, they're just going to do it out of 
I serve. So she's telling these slaves to, to see their work for their masters under, under the umbrella of their service to the one who, who enlisted them. And so they, they need to not just slave well, but, but this is ultimately about soldiering well, because Christ has given you this. He's put you, and this is the life he's given you, so do it, do it well. You are, you are the life of a slave here in this moment. Do it well under, under your master, because you're, you're serving Christ. But, but in, that, in that instruction, we get a picture of how all soldiers are supposed to fight. Not just the ones who are, not just ones who are slaves at this moment, but the ones who are, who are serving in, in, in any capacity. How, how all of us are supposed to be fighting, and, and what pleasing God looks like. The danger we see here is to have servants who look like they wanted to serve their masters, but actually didn't. Notice he's not saying, you know, hey, don't just serve, you know, you need to start serving. They're all serving their masters here. But he says, some of you are serving just by eye service. Just, you're just trying to please them. You're not really serving them from your hearts. So that's the danger. These servants, you don't actually, you know, they've got fake smiles, you know, I am really happy to be serving you right now, master. Uh, this is, I am so glad to pay off my debt this way. Uh, I'm so, man, I tell you what, getting arrested and being forced to be a slave is the best decision I made because I get you as a master. Like that's what, it's fake smiles, fake sort of hard work, whatever. And Paul says, that's not how you serve Christ. So don't serve your master that way. And so if we work backwards from that to get an insight into soldiering, for those of us who are not slaves right now, we see that we can't be soldiers who just look like soldiers. Who just look like they're serving God. Who are just, who, who, who are trying to please the Lord, who look like they're trying to please the Lord, but they're actually just man pleasers. We can't look like soldiers. So what would it look like if you were really trying to please man instead of pleasing God? Paul says what you, your actions would be just those of eye service. So what would it look like to, if you're a soldier who doesn't really want to serve the Lord? You're, you've got the uniform on, right? You're doing all the actions to make people go Christian. But on the inside, you're not really serving the Lord. You're actually pleasing man. What would that look like? Well, it would all, everything that you did as a Christian would just be eye service just to make people see you as a soldier. It would only be the eye service. We'd just be going through the motions, but there'd be no real affection for the Lord. We'd just be doing all the church things, doing all the Christian things, but there's no real affection. There's no, as it, as it says, there's no, there's no heart for the Lord here. It would just all just look like we're serving him. It would all just be eye service. The word eye service is, is a combination of two words. That's why it's great that it's, that it's here in this passage because you, you miss it sometimes. Uh, it, it's the combination of the word uh, for eyes, ophthalmos, uh, and the word for slavery, uh, doulos. So, so I, you're, 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 you, you can't just be eye slaves to the Lord. You can't just say, oh, I'm a slave to the Lord. But it really just be what you're doing on, on the outside, where you look like a slave of Christ on the outside, you look like a servant on the outside, but you're not on the inside. And here again is where you, we can see the importance of what we talked about last week, that the idea that we serve the Lord joyfully and that pleasing God is actually, the reason we please the Lord is because it's not because we care about other people. The reason that we please the Lord is because it's, it's actually a precious love to us to please the Lord. That's how deep it is in our hearts. We're just, we're just pleasing because we think that's what people think we should do. We're pleasing Lord. It's, our, it's actually our precious love to please him. It is a joy to, to please him. 
for us to fight well. We can't just be fighting on the outside. We can't just be fighting because uh, we'd be embarrassed if we weren't fighting. And we'd be embarrassed to just not fight against sin at all. Embarrassed for our, for our friends, you know, to see us not fighting. And so I can't be a bad husband. Why? Because man, I'm a bad husband. All the people that are my friends will be like, dude, you're a bad husband. Uh, so I'll be a good husband. Not because I re- really want to be a good husband, but I'll be a good husband because I'd be embarrassed if everybody knew that I, or thought that I was a bad husband. We've got to love soldiering for the Lord. We've got to love serving him. So what would, what would eye service in this fight against evil look like? Well, again, it would look like outward things to make people see you as a good soldier. You'd be doing the outward things to make people think, hey, that's a good servant, but you're just really doing it as eye service, as a people pleaser. But you would know that, and you know that on the inside. You know you really don't care. You really don't care about coming to worship on Sundays. You really don't care about reading your Bible. You don't care about leading your family and family. You don't really care. You don't do those things because you really love serving the Lord. You do those things because you're afraid your wife will nag you if you don't. You're afraid that if you don't do that, your friends will think less of you. And this is the only, the, the, the closest community that you have. And so if you, if you, if you started doing, you might lose this community. And so you just do what you need to do so you can have the friends, that, really the closest friends that you got and you don't want to lose them. That would be to be a, a, someone who's giving eye service just as a people pleaser. Our fight, if we want to fight well against sin, our fight against sin, our fight against these spiritual forces, the temptations they bring our way, the tests they bring our way. We want to fight well in those that cannot just be seen on the outside. It must come from our hearts because we love to please the Lord, because pleasing the Lord is our precious love, which means, again, if you want to be a good soldier, you can't just look like a soldier. It has to come from the heart, which means there's a danger that everyone else thinks you're a good soldier, all because you look the part. But you know you're not. You know you're not doing these things because you love the Lord. You're doing these things because you're afraid of what everyone else would think of you if you didn't. That's the danger. That's that's the danger. You have to ask yourself, is your service to Christ just eye service? Is it just eye slavery? Or are you a slave to God from your heart? Have you offered your life to him? Have you offered your life to him as a living sacrifice, as your reasonable service? Is your heart moved to obey him? Do you have that precious love to obey God. If not, then what you're doing is just eye serving him. I want to know if you're just giving eye service, where do your eyes go when you think about being judged or evaluated or accepted? When you think about what what would happen if I don't do this? Do you immediately Start to think about those around you and what they would think. You read a passage in scripture, what a husband's supposed to be. You read a passage in scripture, what a wife's supposed to be. You read about what a child is supposed to be. Is your first thought about, I need to obey this because my master tells me to do this. My king has given me this order. I am his soldier. I must obey. Or is your first thought, Ooh, I need to do that because that will make people think better of me. Even if it's, that will make my wife think better of me. That will make my parents think better of me. 
Or is it, I must do this because this is a command from my king and I'm his soldier and I must obey. Now, the benefits of that are your wife is probably going to think better of you. (laughs) And your parents will think better, but that is not why you do it. But if the first thought you have when you read something in scripture is what will everyone else think if I do that? Whether everyone else will hate it or everyone else will love it. So I'm going to not do it because they'll hate it or I'm going to do it because they'll love it. If that's where you go, then what you are is a people pleaser who is just giving eye service. Where do your thoughts first go? When you see a command from your king, that will show you who you're trying to please. If, you, if we want to fight against evil, if we want to be delivered from evil, then we have to fight well. And part of fighting well is what we don't do. And we've added to that today. You want to fight well, then you can't be a man pleaser. You can't be someone who's motivated by pleasing people rather than pleasing God. And that is a temptation, a natural one. It's what your whole life used to be. So the greater and greater your holification, the further and further you'll be from that. But it doesn't just slough off on day one. So see that temptation that scripture warns you about. And the scripture's warning all these churches about and don't go, man, I can't believe there are Christians like that who even want to please people. Understand, that's a natural desire for all of us. So beware of it. So not only must we not do this, not be people pleasers, we must be on guard against being man pleasers. We must not just be giving God eye service. We can't just be serving God outwardly. We must serve him from our hearts. If we want to fight well, then we don't win just by putting on the uniform. We don't win just by looking the part. We win when the fight comes from our hearts. So let's, let's, let's talk about a couple of uses for us as the people of God. And it'll be by groups. Men, uh, let's start with us because we're the, we're the head. We're the ones with the greatest responsibility here and the ones that will lead this in our homes. You do this. The, the, the rest of the troops under you will probably follow. You don't, uh, and it will be very much an uphill battle for them. Uh, and also because this is a big problem for us. Surprise. We don't get out of this temptation that Paul says invitation. It's not like, this is just a temptation for women, guys. You don't have to worry about it. This is, this is a big problem for us. We, we can't just go to church because we want to look pleasing to people. Because, because we don't want to look like bad husbands. Or, or we, we don't want people to be like, Oh, where, where's your husband at? And we're, we're you know, we're, we're afraid of that. I, I've actually seen men not go to church for this reason. Because they, they would be embarrassed if someone were to ask, hey, where's your wife at? And so they, because they, they want to please people, they, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, listen, the, the, they know, we know we should be gathering on the Lord's day. That's why we do it. Why is, it, why is it we do that? Why is it that we're afraid of what people think? Because we're being driven, not by what pleases the one who enlisted us, but instead by people pleasing. We're worried when we get here about what other people will think about us. And sometimes our actions are dictated by what the questions we think other people will have for us. If, you're, if your wife quits coming to church, that doesn't mean you quit coming to church because you're afraid of what everyone else will think. You're afraid of the questions that they will ask. We can't be driven. Instead, we have to be driven by what does the Lord think? What has God called me to do? And I must do that. But not only can we not be 
people pleasers, man pleasers. Men, we can't be wife pleasers. That's right. Your wives are people. Right? You can't be tempted to do whatever pleases them. Whatever is going to make them happy. Whatever's going to shut them up. Right? You can't be thinking that. You can't be tempted to do whatever you have to do to please them. I, and it's statistically, I've seen this. I, I, don't, I don't have any polling data to prove it, but I've known far more men who have left their churches, even their faiths, because of their wives than the other way around. I know people who are Baptists but are now Catholic because their wife was Catholic. I don't know very many women who are Catholic, but my husband just led me to be Baptist. Uh, I don't know very many, but, and I know people who no longer go to their churches and it's because their wife was unhappy and the man just went along with it. Men who are cowed at home by their wives and by a wife who would herself say, Oh, well, the husband is the head of the household. But men who are driven to do whatever they have to do to please that woman because no one likes a continual dripping of rain. And so they do whatever they have to do not to please the Lord and trust Him to fix the roof, but to please them. Men, you cannot be merely wife pleasers. If you're going to be the soldier, the defender, the, the protector of your home that you need to be and that you say you want to be, then your job is to please God, not your wife. To please your king, not your wife. That's what's got to drive you. Don't fall into the same sin as Adam who followed his wife even though it was she who had been deceived. We need men who are not man-pleasers who are not wife-pleasers, but who have a precious love in pleasing God. And because of that, they will strive to please no one else and trust God that if they please Him, the rest will follow. Now, women, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes even women worry about what others think about them. I don't, I've heard that, I've read about it somewhere in a magazine that perchance it might be that sometimes ladies are concerned about the thoughts of others about them. You can't, ladies, you cannot worry about what other people are thinking about you all the time. You can't be driven by that. You, you, cannot, you cannot, you know, wanting to look a certain way, wanting your children to look a certain way or to act a certain way. What will people think about my house? What will people think about the way I educate my children? Worrying on and on about those things, about how others view you to the point that you will disobey your master or that your worries about them will supersede or even drive what you do in your life because you're afraid of what others think about you. Just stop it. Just stop worrying about trying to please everybody else. Try to please your king and you will find a precious and pleasant life. If you try to please everybody else in all those other categories, the problem is you might get this lady who likes the way you educate your kids, but doesn't like the way you dress. You know, and then you're like, well, we're at, now I got to, now who do I, well, they like this, but they think your kids are acting like this, your kids should do this. Or they, if you're constantly driven by a desire to please all these other people, ladies, 
you'll never find any satisfaction. Strive to please the Lord. Strive to make him, make pleasing him the only thing you care about. The only thing. And, and even if you won't disobey your masters in those things, or your master in those things, the temptation is not to be driven by him. Listen, listen, pleasing the Lord must be your driving desire. It must be your chief concern. And if you, if you would make that your chief concern, ladies, if you'd make pleasing the Lord your chief concern, that's, only, that's the only person I care about pleasing. It's pleasing the Lord. I'm going to do everything. That my, 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 or I'm going to you know, work in the, the home to please the Lord. I'm going to uh, educate my children to please the Lord. I'm going to do all these things to, to please the Lord. That's my desire. If you would do that, it, it would take off so much weight and anxiety from your life. Most of the anxiety I see from women as a pastor and what is driving them to be anxious and then driving them to drive their husbands crazy from their anxiety is an undue and often unreachable burden to please people. That's the root of it. That's what it goes back to. Rather than resting in the precious love of simply serving their Lord. That is a place of peace. Ladies, you try to please people, you try to please man, or you try to please woe man, and you will find nothing but anxiety about what everyone else is thinking because everyone is full of ideas about you. But there's one person who's full of love for you, and when you have a precious love for him, will fill your life with rest. Children. Look up here, children. Not because you're getting in trouble, because I'm talking to you. Some of them were like, let me tell you something you might not expect. Your job is not to please your parents. You are not to be driven by a desire to please your parents. Now, I don't, I, when I say that, I don't mean that in like the subversive Disney way. What I mean is if you want to be a good soldier for Christ, then even you can't just be worried about pleasing mom and dad. That can't be why you do what you do. You can't just be doing these things because you don't want to disappoint your parents and you don't want to look like a disappointment to them. And so I do all these things that they tell me I'm supposed to do, but the reason I'm doing this is really because I don't want to look at them and see them go, I don't want to see the disappointment in their eyes. That can't be what drives you, kids. Now, that's, it's not a bad motivation to not want to displease your parents. And the, and the Lord will I, I, encourage you, will convict you, through, often through your love for your parents. Sometimes that love will, will hold you fast and you might be tempted to wander. So, so not wanting to disappoint your parents can be a good thing, but it can be what drives you. And parents, let me encourage you. See, see their obedience for the fruit that it is. See their, see their obedience for the fruit from the Lord that it is. Sometimes, sometimes we can be guilty of them trying to do the right thing and we're just going, well, I don't think they really love the Lord. I don't, I don't think they really love the Lord. See their obedience for the fruit that it is. So don't, don't make them, don't by constantly putting a weight on them, make them feel like here they're finally pleasing the Lord by doing the things that you've told them please the Lord, but you're going, no, nah, I don't think you really mean it. I don't think you really mean it. Children, this, this cannot be, your Christian life cannot be all about what makes mom and dad happy. Now, that doesn't mean quit doing, it doesn't mean quit going to church and go, hey, pastor said I don't have to make you happy. 
It doesn't mean quit doing this. It doesn't mean become a disobedient child. Just like it didn't mean for, for husbands to stop coming to church because they were like, oh, I've just been coming to please other people. I guess I should quit coming. No, start doing what you're supposed to do, but do it to please the Lord. What, it, what I mean is I want you to evaluate your hearts. You can't just be going through the church emotions. Ask God to grab your hearts so that you are serving him out of a love for him. That you are here out of service to him. That you are an obedient child, but you're an obedient child because you love to serve your king. Church, we cannot be a body driven by man pleasing. Our goal, our goal cannot be to do whatever pleases the people out there. It cannot even be to to do whatever pleases us in here, much less them out there. We can't even be driven by what pleases us by taking a poll because what do we want to do? For us to be fighting well, not just as individuals, but for us to, because we've talked about some of the individual things, but I want to talk about us as a unit. For us to be fighting well as a unit, for us to be a, a, a collection of, of, of the Lord's mighty men, for us to be a, a, a you know, the, the Lord's, for us to be mighty men, just like David had his mighty men, for us to be like the, the gibberim of, of, the Lord, of the Lord's service, for us to be that, if we want to be the mighty men of the Lord's army, then we cannot be driven by man-pleasing. We can't be driven by polling data or the winds of the world. We can't be a, 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 a collection of, of mighty men by always wondering, what does the world want from us? Because we're not here to please man. We are not here. We, the, church, the First Baptist Church of Beg does not exist to please man. One, because we could never please them. It would never happen. We'd constantly be finding new ways. And that's why, that's why churches are constantly evolving who try to do this. And they find out another church that pleases people better than they please. And so people leave their church for that church. Why? I thought you love this. Yeah, but I didn't come here because I loved you. I came here because you pleased me. And this, this church now pleases me more. So I will go to that church. So you can, if, if we were a church, like, we'd never please them. We could never even accomplish that goal. And two, because we know that's not what a good soldier does. And we can't be, we can't be deceived soldiers the deceived soldier does whatever he wants to please people giving only eye service to the lord but we cannot do that we must strive to please the lord above all else we as a church must be god pleasers above all else you want to fight right you want to fight well well don't live your life trying to please man make sure that your slavery to the lord is not just eye slavery but that you are freely giving your life to the Lord and to the Lord alone. If you want to fight well in your battle against the evil one, then God alone must be the one whose eyes you seek to please. Let's pray. Let's take a moment right now and let's ask the Lord's eyes to search us We are to not be seeking to please the eyes of men. We're wanting to please the Lord. Ask the Lord to search your heart. Remember he said that that we don't want to just be eye pleasers. We want want that God tests the heart. We want our service to come from the heart. We'll ask the Lord right now. He's your king. You proclaim that he's your king. Ask him. Say, Father, who have I been trying to serve in my life? 
confess. If you know, if you, when we were going over this and, and you saw instances that you said, ooh, I am a man who is a people pleaser in so many areas. If there were areas that you, it was revealed, hey, you know what? I don't speak, I, I don't speak at, at work like I'm one entrusted with the great weapon 